0: What does being fit mean to you? My guest today has years of social, behavioral, and clinical training specializing in reversing chronic, metabolic, and musculoskeletal conditions. He runs a clinic focus- a clinically focused health and wellness facility dedicated specifically to women with a heavy emphasis on improving health outcomes, strength, and mobility. He does not believe in exercising for the sake of exercising, but he does believe quad thickness is good for your health. Please welcome from Gainesville, Florida, Dr. Mike Bertolfo of Women's Lift Lab. Oh my God, I almost butchered the name. Hi, Mike. Welcome.
1: Hey, how's it
0: going? Thank you so much for coming. So it's safe to say you're a believer in thick Fives save lives. Pretty much,
1: yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> I you know it's funny because sometimes I'll like kind of lead with that, but once you know, if we get into like explain the kind of theory behind it. Um, It's really not as crazy as you think, but yes, in general, that's (laughs) kind of like the catchphrase, and uh, we'll go with that.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, I really appreciate your time today. appreciate you coming on, joining us all the way from Florida. From the minute that Lisa, who's also with us today, Quincy to Lisa, thank you, thank you for coming on too. Hi, thank you for having me. From the minute Lisa shared your Instagram page, Mike, I was like, okay, fuck yeah, this is exactly... Who I need to come on the podcast? Someone who's super educated and experienced on how lifting, especially for women, is so good for us. And I've just been on mm. the soapbox. I've been trying to tell my listeners about <laughs> my own my own personal experience with strength training and and how I felt and how how it's helped. You know things like my mobility, which we'll get into, mm. like my tight hips that give me such grief and all this stuff. But. Maybe it's not enough for them to just hear me talk about it all the time. <laughs> they need to hear it from you, a professional. We can actually dive into some science, give some knowledge as power vibes. Yeah, absolutely. So But so yeah. so before we get into that, I really would love to learn just a little bit more about you. And okay. I I love your Instagram account and I, it's because you're one of the few and Lisa does this really well too who you can like feel a personality come through with the account. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's possible through, because like when you do your stories, which you do a lot of stories and I love to see you're like reposting all your ladies in the lift lab, (laughs) but you have captions and I feel like we're like, you like write and Lisa like writes, you know, it's like a dear diary. And I say that with the, with the, the best praise because the the caption for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You have to hold down on his on his pet. Yes. yes, but I think that's great because I it's it's so much easier to get to know someone like through a written word versus if you're just showing a picture, or you're just showing a video. Yeah, but uh, yeah. You want really me to give you some
1: up. background to that, like why yeah. that? Okay. So um, previously, I was, I was in DC, so I actually worked for a uh, government defense contractor, who, who I won't name. But um, <laughs> pretty much, my job, <clears throat> excuse me, um, was to reverse. Um, uh, chronic clinical conditions, right? Um, that was that was my job. Now, in their eyes, they basically wanted me to reduce healthcare costs. So, when healthcare costs are in the, you know, they're basically top five in the, in in the world for defense contractors. So, um, so, anyways, long story short, um, I would have appointments. They would come in, whether it's gastric bypass, uh, weight loss, diabetes, PCOS, whatever it may be, um, and I would do the the consults there. Okay. Um, so in between folks, um, this is where I, I kind of got on Instagram a couple years ago. Um, I, it was just kind of to blow off steam, post mm-hmm. my workouts and all that stuff. And and then I got to the point to where, um, okay, so someone comes in with type 2 diabetes and here I'm reversing and, and right. maybe people want to know how I do it. Um, so interestingly enough, it, I would just go ahead and start posting, right? So I'll just post on oh, this is what you need to do. Or just a snippet. It's not to solve because everyone's different, right? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but in the, you know, for individual, it's like, well, if you want to reverse type 2 diabetes, you have to lift. you know, And I, I, that's a whole other thing. I can explain how you do it. But yeah. um, I just wanted to share with individuals what they needed to do. And it's not just about eating all your vegetables and going running all day and getting super thin and you reverse that condition. Uh, you can improve it, but you can't reverse it. But kind of going back as to why I do stories that way, um, so I didn't do any lies. I didn't do any, you know, you, you'll rarely see me on there, like speaking to the camera. It's not that I'm camera shy. It's the fact that that was, I was so used to, okay, um, I can't sit in the office and yeah do this thing on right. my phone. So I can just go ahead and kind of put my personality, do everything by text. Right. Yeah. So it got to the point to where, oh, I could, you know, uh, you know, even after leaving, I, could, oh, I can grow my following if I'm, I'm live and stuff like that. Kind of what you do, like having so I mean, straight get on there. Right. But I was like, I I grew this following, you know, over 10,000 followers just by putting text on a a story or a page, right? And so I'm like, do I need to really go and and do it and do all this other stuff and fall into the whole algorithm thing and start, you know, I was like, I actually, I don't need to, I just have to put quality content, even though it's random, just put out what is important and try to get people to see what I'm seeing in a clinical setting where people are versus their conditions and, and all this other stuff, right? Um, so that's kind of how that happened as far as I don't get on live and I, and I've dabbled with the idea of doing it and, yeah, you know, I could probably grow, they can't all this other stuff, but it, it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. Um, and so that's why you see a lot and it's technically it's easier if you just go on and answer questions, but i rather just get on there because I'm just so used to in between patients coming in post and then, you know, see the next person and then kind of blow some steam. So, um, basically I got really good at kind of, uh, educating or projecting what I needed to uh kind of get my point across in a uh just say in a picture text kind of format and uh, it's been working so far and you know that that's kind of like it like you yeah. know that so that's why that's the kind of story behind it, is that um not that I don't want to go on camera go live uh but I think it's just kind of funnier just hey go kind of up there and see s- you know stick with what yeah. you're
0: good at stick yeah, with no, what you're no. good at I've recently had people tell me like, oh, you need to be on reels and like, yeah, to be doing like, fuck, it's one. I'm like, I just no, yeah, too much. You either yeah. like my Bridgerton commentary or you don't. Like that's it. That's <laughs> all you're gonna get from me. No, pretty funny
1: I said one earlier.
0: <laughs> so how did you get started down this career path to begin with? Like, did I see that you started as a personal trainer? Did it start with fitness and then go into? So yeah. St- what it,
1: was it? Started as a personal trainer. I just, uh, in fact, actually just started just to lose weight. So a lot of people don't. I, I typically don't talk about because it it's really not that important. But I had a little bit of weight on me growing up right so it's not one of those where like i was the biggest nerd any of that it was just that i wasn't content uh with my body and then being not being able to do a pull-up like just stuff like i don't talk about it because it's hard like unless you have a picture and i just don't have that time to go like my mom's house you know all this stuff
0: yeah sure (laughs) so
1: that's the kind of way it started i started as a trainer but traditional trainer meaning that um it was just straight uh You know, no excuses. You have ten minutes in the day, like an asshole trainer type of thing. Yeah, like
0: a drill sergeant Um, type of thing. Exactly.
1: Like everyone has excuses. You know, you don't need to do that. Um, Worked for a little while. It's fine, Um, but I didn't really see um, you know the uh, big behavioral changes, right? So uh, that's when I basically went to school and that took off. Um, You know, I went to you got my you know degrees in uh, behavioral health. Um, health prevention, um, and then went down in, in preventive medicine, which is basically conjoining—not um, conjoining, joining the two concepts of social and clinical um, uh, outcomes and, and basically putting that together to solve a certain issue. So hence why I went the prevention route, which is mm-hmm. at the defense contractor, basically, get not, I don't want anyone to claim anything. I don't. Yeah, because the yeah. more I save the company, the more comes back in my pocket. So, yeah. uh, of course, I also want to help people. So <laughs> I don't want to get that point. <laughs> hey, but, no, but,
0: that's okay. Yeah, Money makes metab- the world go round, Mike.
1: All metabolic <laughs> conditions can be reversed. It can. It's just that what we're taught in school is-
0: So really quick, when we say metabolic conditions, what are we talking about?
1: So we're, Oh, sorry. So we're talking about like uh, anything that has to deal with the actual metabolism or cellular metabolism. Uh, so you're talking about diabetes, um, PCOS, which is, is hormonal in nature, but it has to do with the metabolism as a precursor, um, uh, high cholesterol, uh, high blood pressure, um, mm-hmm. obesity, I mm-hmm. mean, you name it, like uh, systemic inflammation, um, yeah. all that has to do with uh, typically what everyone tells you, sleep, exercise, and nutrition, right? Right. Um, stress and stuff like that, too. Uh, but what they don't tell you is like, what exactly do you do and how do you do it, right? Mm-hmm. So, that's that everyone knows metabolic conditions can be reversed, right? Well, not everyone, but a good majority of people do it. They just don't know how to do it. So, where I come in is basically bridging the gap between, oh, here, here, here's, here's, well, I'll give you, the, give you the example through women's lift up, okay? Yeah. So, you have your doctor, right? Let's say you go in for type 2 diabetes, I'll give you an example. You go in. Your doctor will say exactly what I was telling you earlier. What you need to do to um, to improve your, your your blood glucose levels, your A one C, is you need to go run and eat your vegetables. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's just say your doctor doesn't actually exercise or what. I'm not just saying, but just in general, right? Because they 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 go to school for this and that's what that clinical background. It's fine. Um, so you do that. Okay, you go run and you go eat your vegetables and, and you eat- do it
0: hating your life and you don't want to do it and you just do it well, for yeah. a little bit anyway. It, and
1: here's <laughs> the thing, it improve it does, it does improve your A1Cs and blood glucose and all that stuff. But there's the, the hormonal factor and some other factors that actually are not figured in the process. It's like a almost like a band-aid approach, right? So you mm-hmm. go back, um, your A1C is better, your blood glucose is better, but you actually haven't fully reversed it, you may rebound, stuff like that, right? Um So they can also say, you also need to go see a nutritionist and a trainer. Okay. So you go off to the trainer, right? And the trainer just knows what do your pushups, do your bench press, do your squats. Um, and then you're like, Oh, well, my doctor said I need to do this. Here's my blood work. And you're like, they, they don't, didn't know how to read a blood panel. So what do you do? You just go do your squats and your deadlifts and you make some improvements and and all that stuff, but you don't really know like what's going on per se. Like, you know, um, then also you get referred to nutritionists, right? So go to a nutritionist or a dietitian. Um, and, and this is a whole nother story about training in the background, which we're not going to get into right now. But <laughs> you go to your nutrition dietitian, same thing, you know, like, oh, once you carb count, um, what you actually need to do is you need to eat six meals a day, you need to do this and that because you need to lose weight first before you reverse your blood sugar, even you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's, a there's a misunderstanding, I think, in general. Uh, how conditions appear and how to reverse them. You know?
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and everything you just discussed is what I was told back in the day when I was 100 something pounds heavy. Yeah, you
1: heavier. lose 5% of your body weight, 10%, and it yeah. will work itself out. It's stuff yeah. yeah. And it's, right. so, it's so broad, and honestly, it's just the, the typical it's thing. It's not helpful.
0: No, I mean, it's not out. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're just like lose. You need to lose weight, and you're like, okay, what? Well, can yeah. I even start with a pamphlet? Like, do I get any help here? Like, okay, yeah. maybe they give you a printout sheet of like this, not that. I mean, totally. No matter what it is that you're going in, I like you said, they they know what they're specialized in, but when it comes to these lifestyle changes that people need to make,
1: yeah, you're left feeling it, lost. It, it, it's because it, everyone specializes. There's a disconnect, right? Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so I'm gonna leave that there for a second. So going back to what I did for the defense contractor, the reason why I specialize with women, and this is kind of going to give you the whole story about how that happened. Oh, you're frozen for a second, okay, nevermind. Um, so basically 70 to 80% of the company I worked for were men. You know, uh, They, a lot were engineers, IT, it just, it is what it is, right? Um, However, like 90, 95% of the people that I saw were women, right? So that they came to the office because, uh, I, hate, I hate to say it, let's be honest. So men kind of throw money at it or they don't do anything until mm-hmm. it's too late. And women come in with a plan. They need the guidance and they're heavily invested into it. So I mostly worked with women. So I kind of fell into it, right? Um, even though anyone could come into my office, especially if you have the clinical condition. Uh, I would see men one session and they would like just, you know, they'll come in and they're like, oh, I'm on 10 milligrams of this. That's no big deal. to a managed. I'm thinking in my head, no, you, sh- you technically shouldn't be on 10 milligrams. Even yeah. a tiny amount, you shouldn't be on it. So anyways, the women would come in. We, we worked months, you know, if not years together, the reverse conditions and all that stuff and everything was good, right? So kind of going back to the women's lift lab portion of it, it was in at the time, I couldn't technically train. I was just there for the clinical consults. I couldn't actually mm. train them due to liability uh, on site and then some other things. Um, and so I, 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 I didn't do that, even though I knew that the missing piece, after we talk about nutrition, we get that straight, all that stuff, was going to revolve around exercise, um, mm. a specific exercise, okay? Right. So going back a little bit further now, that's what was kind of the precursor to Women's Lift Lab. It says, they can come to me with their labs. I understand that. I can put them on the right nutrition. And, and keep in mind, it doesn't have to be low carb, you know, all this. This is why I'm kind of open, like ketogenic, low carb. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that it works for you and what we're doing together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go to their blood panel, nutrition. And their exercise, and keep everything in one loop, right? So then I have full control over it, which means that you'll actually reverse your conditions faster if you're able to. Um, in terms of like, if you just go to see your doctor, you would because they know nothing else about training or anything. So right. if I keep it all in house. Then you're able to what get off your meds. Basically, what I did for the company except that now there is less red tape and I can actually do what I want, rather than say, okay, well, you, you should take this, but you can't take that, You know, stuff like yeah,
0: that. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: so anyway, so that's why, number one, I, I work with predominantly women, um, and that's kind of like, like what, why the Women's Lift Lab was started, is to, again, join that clinical portion, that social portion, the, the physical aspects of it, and to where we can, someone comes in and says, I have PCOS. I look at the labs or a fatty liver. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. And I specifically structure their workouts. So what a lot of people see online is that we're just working out. No, certain people have very heavy training on their legs based on what condition they have, and other people don't. You know, it just really depends. And I can go into that if, if you want, like why that occurs. But yeah, um, in it, actually, just so it makes sense to people, just so it doesn't. Let me just go into it really quick. Please, so I'll, Mike, I'll go into it. Or someone who has type two diabetes, right? A lot of people get this confused, when you have type 2 diabetes, uh, obviously there's, there's too much sugar, the body's not responding to insulin, and so basically it's, it's insulin resistance, not, not sugar resistance, right? So you address the insulin, number one, you don't address the sugar. The problem is people address the sugar as like the primary thing. So what do you do? You cut carbs. Everyone just cuts carbs, cuts it low, right? And, and that's one part of the, the, the equation, right? works fine right you lose it and then and, and, and it's fine a1c blood glucose is is, is good uh temporarily because what you don't do is actually um in, in, increase your insulin receptors or create new ones right so the only thing in the in the body or predominantly only thing that really factors in for insulin resistance is our new insulin receptors, meaning that new insulin receptors occur by creating new muscle tissue, okay? Because the other ones are damaged,
0: okay? Uh,
1: Do I I need to explain insulin resistance? No, 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 that's good, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: No, Um, I get it, I think I got it, but.
1: Okay, so in short, even, okay, so I'll give you just a quick example. Insulin resistance is basically this: you have a room, you have a hallway. There's a lot of blood going through there, and that, and the insulin. I mean, the the sugar knocks on the door and says, "Let me in." And there's an insulin receptor that binds to the insulin, right? The problem is, uh, after so many years of the body crying wolf because we just kind of abuse it with sugar and all this other stuff, instead of one knock to open that door, it takes twenty knocks or thirty knocks because the body does not respond, right? It's it's mm-hmm. resistant. Resistant. To it. Exactly, but you need that door to open when there's sugar. If the sugar is in the blood, to go into the cell. So what happens is, is that that door gets damaged over time. It stops responding, right? So build up of insulin in the blood, build up of of, of blood glu- I mean, glucose. So what you have to do is create a new door. Th- that's what you have to do, and mm-hmm. that door that that's basically muscle tissue. Okay, so you you let that it just stays closed and locked forever. And by creating new muscle tissue, increasing demands for sugar to work the muscle and all that stuff, or to to burn off the the glucose to use it as energy, you need to actually create another door. So whenever people cut their carbs, that's completely fine. But what I don't get a lot of, especially like when I do my Friday Q&As, is exercise stuff, right? And honestly, that precedes the nutrition. Does that make sense? Yeah. You have to create the demand first, but so many focus. Uh, so many people are just focused, or maybe it's just the, the society and all that. So we're so focused on nutrition. Well, we need to focus not just on moving, but moving specific ways, or you know, specifically, yeah. not just like go move and exercise, like go do ten sets of whatever, three sets of ten.
0: You, 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 you needs need to be to be intentional uh, about it, exactly. Yeah.
1: And so when you are reversing type two diabetes, you need to create new insulin receptors, and you only do that really by building more muscle, more muscle tissue to suck all that glucose into. Um, the tissue to basically be burned. Okay. Um so anyways, I don't even know where I was going with that, but that's no, kind this of is, like
0: no, it's so great. Yeah. Oh, oh, I mean,
1: I'm sorry. That's it, what I was doing. Oh, no, ahead, yeah,
0: I was just gonna say you're you are essentially using the body and movement to heal itself.
1: That that's all it is. It, yeah.
0: It, it, it's very it's incredible. It's
1: very intentional. And that's that's what it is. It's that if done correctly and you get the nutrition side, you get the also the medication side. So you know, now you're reducing your metformin and all that stuff based on your blood results, based on all your new yes. activity, based on nutrition. It all works out, but the problem is most people don't have that full system. Okay, They don't have the full system, so they make strides here or they gain weight back or the glucose goes up. And they, they think, okay, well, maybe it's my nutrition. Let's play with this again. Oh, low-carb work for me. It's great. We'll do, go down again. But it's just constant cycle because they never – really solve the exercise portion of it. Now, keep in mind again, so that's where I was going, was that whenever you, for example, you have type two diabetes, that's really one through through the lower half of the body, the legs, right? So kind of going to my whole thickness, these lives around. Here's the thing, most of your muscle mass is from the waist down, right? I mean, unless you're just really big at top for some reason, but we walk on our legs, they're burning the most. So it makes more sense to what? Build more muscle down below if you want to reverse insulin resistance fast. Not mm-hmm. just go run where you typically don't. And I don't think it's running. It's just that you want to build muscle for clinical conditions. And we can get into other, you know, why you know you could running is beneficial too and all that stuff. But for clinical conditions, primarily you want to focus on building muscle over just just burning through glucose doing a bunch of cardio. I mean, yeah, yeah, so
0: yeah. Um, that's great. Yeah, I think that's what I call that. And so, so you now have virtual offerings too. So if people are like looking to work with you, you have a facility yeah. in Florida where you have a gym. You, you see you post about it, you got all yeah, the toys, yeah. all the things, but then you also have a virtual program.
1: Yeah. So yeah. exactly. Yeah. And and what you guys don't actually see is that the front half of the gym is actually the offices where I do the consults. Mm. So it's 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 basically like this little warehouse. The backside is all gutted out and it has all the equipment. And I do the consults in the front, which I rarely do. Like if, well, if I wasn't home, I would actually do in the office and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, for like, even for the virtual stuff, um, you know, we have a basically a a monthly subscription where I do all the programming, right? The programming is generalized. It's not specific until you do like a consult. So if you do a consult, then I have specific programming for you. So it's it's kind of like encompasses everything. It's not that you have Mm -hmm. to have a clinical issue. Maybe you just, or a woman that wants to lift heavy and you are ditching the cardio, whatever it is, I'm your guy. Like it's right there, right? Like if you want to do extra stuff, I say, yeah, go do two, three days a week of some HIIT training or running or whatever you enjoy. But if the goal is longevity and and making sure that you can chase your kids or avoid injuries, stuff like that, build your bone density, you, you need to lift and you need to lift today. Like you're running out of time, like straight up. that That's kind of what's happening. So it's funny because I always tell people, Whenever I do my post, I'm like, I don't care if you go to the lift lab. I don't care if you do the virtual training. I, I really don't. But what I want you to do is realize that you need this and you can get it somewhere else if you want, that's fine, but you, you need it. And let's clear that up. Like you need muscle in the body. You need stronger bones. It's not just going to come from taking calcium supplements all day. It's yeah. not, you need yeah. to put pressure on the bone. Yeah. Um, and that's so why that's- I tell people, so it's not even to push a brand or anything. It's literally, I don't care what you do, but you know, you just need to do this because this is what the science shows that you will live better and longer and all that stuff if right. you work occasionally. Right. So
0: yes, okay. So I think that's a great segue into relationship of muscle to longevity, and it's mm. like it's not just about looking good for a couple yeah. decades of your life, right? Which I think maybe women that are in their twenties, thirties, forties, where you're like, yeah, okay, right. I'm going to lift to get muscle because that's going to shape my body, and and that's like all we're thinking yeah. about. And there's a whole world behind that's like, well, if you have more muscle, it's you're less prone to injury as you get older, which like the first thing to go, your grip, like do you want to live in a retirement center? Do you want to live by yourself? Like yeah. those kind of thoughts. So talk to a little bit about, you know, basically the relationship of, of muscle to longevity. So cavity. I'm going to
1: blow your mind right now.
0: Okay. I can't wait. Get ready.
1: Okay. So here's what I, how I explain it. I go way back right, I go way back as to why this is a systemic issue with women specifically, and also give you some indication why you typically only work with women, okay, because you guys have it hard, I'm not going to lie, you have it hard. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> so after working with hundreds of women, this is, like, kind of what I gathered, okay, I'll, I'll give you the whole story, kind of what happens in a, in a, unfortunately, a, a, a woman's life, okay, so it usually starts just around, just lay it on us,
0: Mike, yeah, lay it, it on just, us, right.
1: Oh, we're going to go back and you're going to be like, oh my God, that's right. Okay. So here's the thing. Let's say we go back prior to birth control, which is nowadays, it's like everyone's on birth control, 10, nine years old, doesn't matter. Right now, a lot of it's not even related to sex. Sometimes just you go to the doctor and say, oh, take this to regulate your hormones, regulate your acne, all this other stuff. I hate to say it, probably one of the biggest mistakes you can make, right? But here we go. So almost immediately... Once you get on birth control, around that age, you're still kind of growing all that stuff, Um, it's hormone dysfunction right away. Hormonal dysfunction, right? So during that, also that time, you're growing, right? You get middle school, high school, all right? You're also told, what, don't exercise, you'll get big, right? Don't Mm -hmm. look weight, you'll get big. Um, Don't eat a bunch of meat and all this other stuff. Just eat a bunch of salads. And when you do eat a salad, you eat like, exactly, rice cakes or something. And then when you do eat, just eat like once a day and then skip every other day or something like that, right? Yes. So all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we're thin, we're beautiful, but really inside, everything's kind of chaotic, right? So you go through that and you learn, okay, well, maybe you get to college, maybe that's not life, right? Maybe I need to do something different. What happens? You go to college and you repeat the same thing, right? And like I said, it's not the individual, it's typically societal pressures that are like, you know be thin, be beautiful, eat your salads, don't lift, don't eat meat, it'll kill you, right? So all of a sudden, you go from your teens to your 20s, basically in this endless cycle of dieting, endless cycle of hormonal dysfunction, and you typically won't find out that you have PCOS or something like uh, hormonal dysfunction until you try to get pregnant. Then it's like, oh, okay, but you just spent the last 15, yeah, exactly, you spent the last 15 years... Uh, in, in just hormonal distress, right? Again, not the individual's fault. A lot of it has to do with just societal norms for women. So unfortunate. Uh, right. Placing the responsibility on women. Uh, obviously, you, you guys know that to, you know, oh, birth control, that's fine. It's fine. It doesn't kill anybody. It's fine. Now, um, so what happens is, and this goes back to my, the whole thing on muscle longevity, all that stuff, is that women come into it under muscled already from the time they're little babies to now, their 30s and 40s, and now you're actually just having symptoms and expressing some clinical conditions now. A lot of it has to do with not even having too much fat on the body. A lot of times it has to do with being under muscled, And this is why I'm so supportive of women of lifting, not because they get big, not necessarily because they get strong, obviously that helps, but muscle, really the biggest organ in your body, runs the whole system right it runs your blood glucose your insulin it has plays a role in your immune system moves your bones it's not just something that looks great in a bathing suit which is right. as we alluded to unfortunately that's kind of what we chalked it up to lifting is like look makes sure it looks good make sure you look, look good in a bathing suit and it does much more than that and people in, even not just people but textbooks they, they just move the body and it, it, you get strong and that's that's it. And this says nothing about insulin receptors. this says nothing about, I mean, a little tiny bit, but what they teach you in school, high school, college, all that stuff, doesn't really go into the importance of muscle, right? It just doesn't. It goes in the importance of being super lightweight and super thin, like it's going to save your life. And it doesn't. There's people with diabetes that are 105 pounds. <laughs> it has nothing to do with weight, although it is a risk factor. So I'm not going to say that weights, you know, not important. Yeah. but, um, so going back, think about it this way. If women did what a lot of men would, were told to do, right. Uh, you know, they don't get on birth control when they're younger, they lift heavy weights, they eat a bunch of meat, they don't cry, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever. <laughs> they keep doing that from since their kids lift heavy things, you know, open that jar for the lady, you know, all you know, whatever it is, you know, don't open the door, let the guy do it. It's fine. That's cool. I get the whole thing, but it's like men are to do all these things and they reap the benefits of more muscle and get stronger. And a lot of them don't have the same kind of clinical conditions that appear in women, specifically hormonal conditions because of they have the muscle as a buffer, right? So we all hear this, like my husband, my spouse, my partner, all they do is lift a little weight and they're ripped, right? Mm-hmm. It's because they're starting point is much higher mm-hmm. than most women where they're not even at baseline. Most women are well below baseline because of what? Don't eat anything, get on birth control, stay thin all your life, and you know have all these hormonal conditions. That's what we want to tell you. Men don't know that, lift heavy, eat your meat, all, all have all the muscle in yeah. the world, completely acceptable, and all of a sudden they're on top. So when they have clinical conditions, it's actually much faster to reverse because of that. Yeah. So yes. Going back to what I was talking about muscle, a lot of conditions that appear—fatty liver, high blood pressure, all that stuff—has to do with, for, especially for women, that they're under muscled. Okay. Yeah. And again, when I say under muscle, I don't mean big She Hulk, you know, bodybuilder steroid muscle. I just mean just muscle, just regular yeah. muscle to lift. It, right. Like, right.
0: Whatever, right. 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 Um, and I would imagine it. It probably, if we think about. Mobility, we haven't talked about mobility yet, but if we think, you know, later in life of if you are just a cardio queen the whole time and you're yeah. just doing repetitive movements, repetitive movement, and you don't have kind of the strength behind it, it it's, I feel like we're going to come upon this generation of women that, yes, we're committed to their fitness and committed to wellness and, yeah. you know, exercise five, six times a week. But like, what are we really doing to our body? Like, what is it going to look like when we're 70? Yeah. If we exactly. just down this path. Are we even going you even gonna get there?
1: Yeah. And I, I even deal with like I said a lot of women who uh you know were runners or whatever it may be. And and they're they're good, they're thin and all that stuff, but their joints still can't move in the direction I would like to see it. So I'll give you an example. You take a, a baby, a toddler, right? You see and they do this thing where they sit on the floor and their femurs turn out like this and they're like and they lift oh, their, yeah. their, their foot up like this. And you're I'm like, so jealous
0: of baby mobility. I'm so right? jealous. <laughs> I throw <laughs> so
1: much shape. And that's the thing. Like We're we're born with that, right? And we move like that. But as you get older, you sit in an office all day or whatever, you don't move in those ranges. So what happens, uh, as what you were saying, is that you start redoing the same patterns over and over and over again. And you get really good at it. That's specificity. You get really good at it. But what happens if you slip and fall or fall off a roof or something like that and and your arm or your leg goes in this direction it can't take that tension or that load but theoretically you should be able to move your arm all the way here in these different angles and be strong but when we're talking about mobility right a lot of people never get in those ranges. So this is why it's important to vary your training up, right? I mean, like I said, running is fine. It's completely fine. Carvaster, great. Doesn't build a lot of muscle, but it's, it's good. It's fine, right? Um, but you got to move in different ranges. You got to load in different mm-hmm. ranges. You, if you want that joint to move well, you have to do that. And also that'll carry on to, like, especially when you're older, that you can tie your shoe without having to, like, put your foot up and have a straight right. and because you can't bend over. And so this is what I see for a lot of women that even come to the lab or virtual is that their their squat patterns are horrible and all this other stuff just due to adapting tissues that, you know, whatever that fit their environment, right? Sitting in office all day, you're just going to stand up and go, here, you're not going to do a lateral curtsy lunge or anything like that. You're not going to move in that direction. Um, but what I get a lot of is that, I, I, you know, I, I went to the store and... I, I went into a squat and I sat there for like 15 minutes and I've never done that before, right? So people start to discover that once you're training at these kind of levels of different angles, that the mobility actually will pay off to where you don't have to mm-hmm. bend over, wreck your back. And yes, it does cause a lot more problems when, remember, if your joint is supposed to move in 360 degrees and it doesn't, if it only stops here, guess where all that tension and everything else is going to go? It's going to go to another joint, another tissue, and then you're going to mm-hmm. overdevelop that which is what we see for like a lot of, honestly, a lot of women um, who have kids, their backs are rounded, right? Especially if they're heavy chested, it makes it much worse. Mm-hmm. Always low back pain, always mid back pain, the thoracic, the, I mean, everything. And so now I take a lot of women, basically improve their mobility by getting them in ranges that they they should be in, basically ranges that you had as a kid, essentially. Yeah. That's kind of like what I do um, right. for mobility work. And you'll see that. Quality of life is better because they can chase after their kids, they can move laterally, they can, you know, all these other things that they couldn't do before. And that's the whole importance of mobility in general is that you won't need it or use it until you actually have to. But by then, you might injure yourself. And then it's like, well, maybe it's because my exercise caused that or something like that. So that's a whole thing with mobility is that do it when you don't need it, do it right now, like literally move the body not just straight, but laterally, different angles. That's why you always, especially if you ever uh, watch my videos, they're different levels. They're different stances. They're different types of swings. Sometimes they go very, very wide, a sumo stance. Sometimes they go narrow, B stance, Mm -hmm. split stance. Um, And it's not just a muscle thing. It it really isn't. For, For me, it's a mobility thing. If I put on muscle, great, but I also want to be able to move when I'm much older. And so that's the whole importance of making sure that You do mobility now and and hit those different stances while you're able to because it's much harder, you know, as you get older. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, the thing that's been so interesting to me with my strength training journey, just to give you like a quick little background, I've been active my whole life. I played sports since I was a child, like up through college, swimming, volleyball, cheerleading, dance, whatever. So I had Mm. some like some strength training, but never was it like, like, serious and consistent and kind of with a goal to get stronger. Mm-hmm. If I was if I was lifting, you know, I, I was thinking more about like, okay, like how how am I burning fat? Like that's all, all I yeah, would think just, about. It gets it, right or
1: whatever, maybe, yeah.
0: Right. Exactly. And so, you know, kind of transitioned through college, took up like fitness on my own, went through a whole running phase, went through a whole, you know, uh, spin bike thing, hit yeah. classes, cardio, box, cardio, 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 cardio. Right. Yeah, and if there yeah. was lifting in there, it was sporadic, not yeah. consistent, and certainly not really that heavy. Kind of mm. got, kind of got into a little bit of heavier stuff in the last couple of years, and then in August, made the decision to work specifically with a strength coach with yeah. the overall performance goal to get stronger, and that kind of led into my deadlift, which I was talking to you about. Yeah, yeah, now I have Yeah. Really, a- awesome. Goal to deadlift three hundred pounds, um, but what I was so shocked at, a- and throughout all that, tons of yoga. Right, love. Yeah, yeah. I love yoga. I love. I, it's a form of movement for my body that I enjoy. Um, not super flexible, and especially my hips. Mm, I've got yeah. really tight hips. I can remember. When I was seven. So I lived in Florida for a little bit when I was, when yeah, I was maybe. younger. Okay. Yes. Moved to Ohio. And for the first time ever in second grade, I had to have a tornado drill. We'd mm. never had tornado drills in Florida. Oh, obviously, yeah. Right. And a tornado drill, if you're not familiar, Mike, it's almost like you're in a child's pose. They have you go out in the hallway and you mm-hmm. get on the ground. Like so- yes. Yep. All right. My hip flexors at that age were so tight that I was like up looking around at the other kids who are just, you know, curled in a little ball no problem and I'm like yeah. this is so painful. Like what's yeah. going on? Why is no one else? <laughs> why is no one else experiencing this? So I've just have always had super high hips, super tight hips. Yeah. With lifting and squatting heavier, it has opened up my hips in a oh, way yeah. that like yeah. yoga has never done. Like stretching has never done, and the fact that I finally learned how to turn on my glutes, yeah. so I can maybe stop just working from my quads.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, are you the quads when you're doing like hip. So, like, doing? what
0: happens, right, when I have tight quads, tight hip flexors, yeah, like overworked yeah. quads, tight hip. So, like, the fact that I can like engage and strengthen other muscles around these tight parts is contributing to me being able to like get a deeper squat. To oh, like, have this movement, yeah. which is great like i don't know people under like i wouldn't have understood that like i'm like if you want to get flexible you got to stretch you know and, like that well <laughs> right
1: and i think that's a concept that is really pushed so remember what i told you about like you go see your trainer mm-hmm. a lot of training programs are just that they're very bodybuilding focused meaning that they really don't go in depth right so you, that's what you have to get with like a strength conditioning coach mm-hmm. a bachelor's degree kinesiology all that stuff mm-hmm. so the problem is that a lot of just those certification programs they're very bodybuilding focused so it's back and by day it's just very aesthetics right it doesn't actually go into joint training or strengthening the tendons and all that stuff so but i I completely agree whenever you're hitting those different angles and remember something like tight hip flexors are actually just weak hip flexors right Mm. it's it's you're trying to stretch it to a certain limit and it sends out that signal to say oh it it seems tight so what do people do they stretch you don't necessarily need to stretch. What you need to do is load at appropriate angles to strengthen. When it strengthens that 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 tendon, that ligament, that muscle, it will naturally stop sending your brain signals that it needs to that it's tight. So mm-hmm. I always tell people like when they say, "Oh, they're tight," and everyone immediately goes, "I stretch every day. Why are they so tight?" Because it's not actually tight. The muscle is just weak that it sends you a signal to to signify it's tight, but it's really not. So. This is one reason why we don't do warm-ups a lot of times at the Lift Lab, and we don't stretch at the Lift Lab. But you see my ladies are pulling 300-pound deadlifts all day long. And it's because we I, you, I know how to work the system, which a lot of people don't. They're just like, I saw it on a blog. You're supposed to stretch, and you have a deeper... No, there's, there's women that are three months in there, and they're having really deep squats, and like I said, really big pulls. And it's not we're not stretching every day. We really mm-hmm. don't stretch. Um, yeah. We do mobility work, but we don't stretch. So that's another thing, too, is that what people need or what women need especially, especially for hips, is to load the joint, load the hips, load the hip extensors, but make sure you load it properly, not going too heavy, of course, working on mm-hmm. progressive overload, and then start changing the angles, whether it's like I said, a deep a sumo squat or whether it's a narrow stance squat or elevated squat, something like that. In that yeah. direction, you'll see that you won't actually even be stretching anymore. And all you'll be doing is just lifting, 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 you'll be fine. So yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah I know. It's so it's so interesting. I want to talk a little bit about this um idea of lifting for body re- recomposition. We t- we've touched on this a little bit. Like but mm. people thinking like all right, I, I need i want to lose weight or if if i have to lose weight, i should just lose the weight first and then try to you know, build muscle yeah. later. And like what the pro- because i i can see where me- People might think that. They're like, yeah, okay, I get that, it. I need yeah, to yeah. yeah. Like, okay, I get it. I need to build muscle. But let me just like lose the fat first. Let me just yeah. like focus on yeah. getting, you know, the the mass, losing the weight. What is that? Just the number on the scale, yeah, the right? Scale,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: But talk about how like I was just so interested. I was looking through your posts where there was like, okay, if if you're gonna lose weight overall, you're also losing muscle. Oh, yeah. Because right. I don't because it's very difficult to lose fat and build muscle at the yeah, same time. Yeah.
1: Like a significant <laughs> amount, like a significant yeah. amount, which is why recomping is, is important. So yeah.
0: Yeah. So talk about that because I think this, it's kind of a situation I'm going through right now too. So when I started lifting, I also started working with a nutritionist because I had mm-hmm. never, um, I had never had this type of primary workout. Like strength training was my primary workout. Yeah. Like I do it three times a week and like, I, that is, you know, if I, I fit in some yoga, I go on long walks, I go on long hikes, but like, I'm focused on my three days of strength training mm-hmm. and I've never worked out like that. So I'm like, I don't know how to eat to support that. And also right. Coming from a background of uh, disordered eating, yeah. low calorie, low calorie, low calorie, no carbs, no carbs, no carbs, no matter what, but then also like no fat. So it's like, well, okay, yeah. well what are you eating? All right. A Trader Joe's cracker. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's just right, a disaster. So, so when I started, yeah. word. Oh, No, yeah, I was just gonna say I started working with her and again with this goal to get stronger. And I'm eating a ton, like more than I have eaten in the last decade. My weight is not changing. Like I'm not gaining weight and I'm not and I'm not losing like weight on a scale. But like when we take pictures or I like look at my legs, like there's changes happening there. (laughs) You know, like the weight is not moving yeah and
1: so okay so let me see where to kind of start this um yeah so here's the thing when when you are losing weight total weight or let's say you're losing the fat you're almost certainly going to lose muscle okay i'll explain why number one you're doing things to lose weight that are not building muscle okay so we go running we just release upset you go running you do these long sessions and you lose total weight the scale makes you feel good perfectly fine and the reason why also you're losing muscle, well, number one, you're not building, so you're not creating demand, so I don't care, you know, what you're eating, you're not, you're not actually working the muscle to actually grow back. So you're losing fat, you're losing muscle scale, it looks good. The other thing too is that typically when people lose weight, let's say they lose total weight, they don't they diet. Right, they diet and typically they go to what salads, uh, that's kind of like what it is. No one, you know, I mean, unless you're in the know, then you go all meat, but a lot of people aren't in the know, so they just go you're all involved, you know? yeah. It, I mean, a lot of people just go straight to salad, so all of a sudden you're doing things that don't build muscle, and also you're eating things that don't build muscle. So, what happens? You look great by societal standards, right? You're so thin, you're so beautiful. Thin this thing I'm a size I don't know how women's size is good, like two or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, um, and then what happens is because you lost muscle, right? And you're not eating a lot. You just basically figure yourself back in that hormonal like roller coaster. And then now it's going to be hard to build muscle again, because now you have to reestablish your hormones. You have to eat more protein. You have to live. And this is where it gets really hard. So this is why I'm a big supporter of just body recopping. Yes, it takes longer, especially on the scale. I'll give you an example. Uh, we had a woman uh, start with us last year. Um, she was like 156, 150, or no, 151, I think, 151 pounds, like five, mm-hmm. I don't know, four, whatever it is. She was 36% body fat. After those couple of months, she was there, six, seven months, she got down to 27% with zero cardio. Zero, right? Zero cardio, right? Now, if she wanted to do cardio outside, that's fine, like go run or whatever, but she didn't. Um, and we actually don't have any treadmills at the lab. We just have like skier, you know, the uh, skiers and all that stuff for the high intensity stuff. Um, but she went from like 36-37% down to like 26-27 with zero cardio muscle. We've actually posted about her, I'm not gonna say name, but we posted about her before, like a little while back. Um, and she looked great. She had muscle, it wasn't too much, she lost the weight. Um, she was hungrier than ever so she was able to satisfy like actually doing things that are normal like eating on a regular basis Um, and she was completely fine right so I mean it's 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 so important to focus on recomposition right and we run into this all the time especially in in our our virtual setting too is that it's like uh, I feel better things fit better but I'm the same weight I'm like you know, like, it, it, this is the kind of thing I always go against. I mean, go up against is this idea that the scale drives everything. Like, I don't have I an know. issue with people. Like, it's fine. if you, you do things, you lift Well, I have an issue with the scale because that's my biggest competitor is convincing women that you have to throw away the scale. But unfortunately, you have to also have lift weights occasionally, right? Uh, and that's what the focus should be to recomp the body, to build the muscle, to increase your metabolic rate, it burns more fat, and the only thing you really have to do outside the lifting is just make sure you kind of watch what you're eating. You know, you don't have to go super low carb. You don't have, to, you know, of course, you don't go too high carb because it's too much energy for the body. But you just have to find like a nice medium. You don't have to cut your calories. Honestly, you, just, you actually can eat more, right? And, and because metab- your metabolic rate goes up, and you're actually losing weight and feeling better in your hormonal, nice and keen, nice and even. And so this is why what I mean by recomposition is that it's better to go that way. Yes, on a scale, it won't actually tell you anything. You might be the same exact way, just like the example I gave you with that woman and a lot of other women. You will be, but your composition will change. And we see that all the time, like I said, online for the virtual lady lifters and also in person on site. It But it is, I would say, one of the hardest things to get over. We've had people leave the lab, on-site lab, because the scale wasn't moving fast enough in the first two months. And I said, "Yeah, you will reach a yeah. peak, and then things will start burning fast." But remember, right. remember, what I was talking about you have to build that muscle because you're coming under muscled So if you don't make it to that three months or four months, you will actually never see what you're capable—you know, what what you're capable of, especially what the body's capable of. It's because we never were able to significantly raise your metabolic rate because we had to spend a lot of time rebuilding. What you didn't build for the last twenty years, yeah. right? So if you stick it out long enough, everything will everything will work out. But people, I know, but right? it's
0: hard, and it's easy. It is, yeah. they, it's for women to be like, okay, wait, I could lose five pounds in a month, right? Like, oh yeah. my gosh, that sounds so appealing. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah, like I'm yeah, going to get it. a quick fix, you know? Like I'm just going to eat less, I'm going to move more, and and yeah, I'll do it. But you, then you're stuck, like we've been talking about in that cycle, yeah. And that it takes. Time and no one wants to do that. And it, it like if I wasn't working with coaches, I literally have a fucking team of people, and I put, th- yeah. put that in place because I know myself. Because <laughs> I know myself. Because I will be the person. I'll get in my head too, and I'll be like, okay, well, I'm doing all this, and not even I don't even say that. what I want to lose weight, weight, right? But every week when I get on the yeah. scale, if it's not moving. It's still a mind fuck for me, and I know yeah, the yeah. difference. You know, it's just like I'm just trying to like constantly practice it, constantly so he, practice he, he it, like it over all
1: the time, right? So, <laughs> <clears throat> assuming you enjoy meat or like meat, whatever. So, say you have a, a, a ribeye, right? Ribeye, it's nice and juicy, nice and thick, delicious, right? Okay, <laughs> and then you have a fillet, a fillet mignon. It's, it's 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 dense, probably not as tasty, but it's hard. That's what body re- uh, recomposition is, okay? You wanna, you, you're want you the ribeye. You have all these the, – the, that's what muscle tissue is. You have all this fat kind of woven. In. It's not just fat on top of the muscle. It's woven in within the muscle. You start lifting. You get stronger. Those muscles tighten up, and the fat gets burned in between, and you basically want to be your, your ribeye. You're delicious and everything. Everybody wants that, but really <laughs> what you want to do health-wise is become a filet mignon, like nice and tight and dense, even though, so you take up a space, you may weigh the same. Mm-hmm. And that's what oh, it is. So I, I tell people to kind of picture that, right? Forget the scale, all that stuff, is that that's what it is. Ribeye, you see all the white, the, the fat, all that stuff woven in. Once that is burned off through lifting heavy, right? Because if you're not building that muscle, you're just doing cardio, you'll burn a little bit off, but you're not going to be dense and hard. Get dense and hard by burning that fat that's inside of that muscle tissue. It'll shrink, it tighter, and you may weigh the same but you're going to perform better. Your hormones will be better because there's less. I mean, everything, that's what I'm saying. That everything yeah. so will be right. And that's kind of like the picture I give the women. And they're like, okay, that makes sense. Because like- That it does make not, sense. Not that you don't want to be a ribeye, but it, it, you get the concept of like tighter muscle, better, stronger, dense, even though you're weighing the exact same. Yeah. You know?
0: that's and you're, really and
1: you're worth more, right? It's worth- yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> that is that is really helpful, actually. I have no idea that is very helpful. I also love how you've said- like you want to take away this um, kind of—I like, I don't remember exactly—you what you say but, like the before and after photo—and really, it was like <laughs> how much muscle did you gain? Like just like take away I know that, I know that piece. People,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. <sighs> That's—I mean—but like again, it's—it's it's diet culture, it's societal influences, it's—that's never going to go away. But this, this yeah. is this is this is my battle. Is that. We can talk about diabetes. We can talk about that. But I know that if you're lifting and you're focused, let's say, on a performance goal, 300-pound deadlift, you will do what it takes to get there. But I know mm-hmm. to get there, you're going to regulate your hormones. You're going to eat more meat. You're going to put on more muscle. You're going to do the good things to the body you need to do. So instead of just saying, oh, because reversing type 2 to the average person is not sexy. right? It's not a mm-hmm. sexy thing. But if I say, let's get 300-pound deadlifts or 400 pounds, yes, let's go, and everyone gets hyped up, right? And I think this is also a misconception, too. When people watch my videos, they're like, these people just lift all heavy. No, it's just I can't sell you the fact that reversing your conditions, this is what you need to do. But if you're performance-oriented and saying, I want to hit that 200-pound squat, I know to get there, you're going to do all the good things for the body. You're going to eat a lot more. You're going to eat more protein. You're probably going to cut down the carbs a little bit, all this other stuff, right? And you'll be fine. And so I think that that for a lot of people, just like I said, getting to that point of recognizing not just the the how muscle, how valuable muscle is, but kind of getting to the point to where you actually need to lift for other reasons and lift and recomp the body. That's what a lot of people should focus on. So forget all of those like before and after pictures. On that, that's fine. You're thin, it's great. But if you still have high blood pressure, then what, what's the point? What's the right. point? I mean, but it's because of what people see. So I, that's why I said yeah. like, it's really battling that. Say. I lifted this, I hit 300 pounds, and you'll start to see you know, those pictures up, but no one's really gonna post those because right. I mean, nobody can do well, So
0: I'm gonna post it. There,
1: there's nothing. I'm no, gonna, no I'm post, I'm it gonna post, the post the shit out of what I-, mean, what I... That, you know, Because like I said, to get there, you did a lot of work. Doesn't does happen overnight, mobility, all this other stuff that had to build up, the eating, the sleep, the recovery, mm-hmm. all that stuff is what people need to do to get there. And that's what I tell people. It's easy to lose weight, you know. Lock you in a room, give you one banana a day, and you be, you lose weight. That's that's not a big deal. But to feel better and regulate your hormones, all that stuff, it's it takes a lot of work. But if you yeah. have a performance goal, muscle wise, and remember, notice I didn't say big muscle because again, you can be dense and super strong without having size. It just depends how oh, you're yeah. programmed.
0: yeah, I see these motherfuckers on Instagram. These girls, they're they weigh like one twenty five and hip thrust like six hundred.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: I and try that, not to. Get down that's what I mean. Rap, I don't need to do a comparison game, but yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> but crazy. yeah. That's
1: what I mean. A lot of people are like, you know, they're they're so focused on, like, like I said the aesthetics point of view, and like, said so that's great. But once you focus on more of the, the lifting part, as long as your, pro- for example, as long as your programming is 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 done well, not for hypertrophy, you're not trying just to build big muscles that don't move weight. You want to build that strength. You, no one will gain size, but people, uh, not people, just especially women. Has this idea, like, I'm gonna get too buff, and I'm like, No, you're not gonna get buff. Guys don't get buff that lift seven days a week and eat all this stuff, they don't. It, it, but you have to try on...
0: really, really, really hard to do that,
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, high volume yeah. stuff, high reps, back and buys every day. You know, you have to do all the yeah. stuff that you're probably not gonna do to get that way. But a lot of women do that, they're like, I don't wanna get too buff. I'm like, Don't worry, you're not gonna get too buff. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, I see that you love kettlebells. Why do you love kettlebells so much? What is it about the kettlebell? I also so, love them
1: so. <clears throat> So let me, I'll, I'll give you a quick background of that. Are we good on time too or no? I yeah, we're to, good. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so remember I told you I started with more of like a bodybuilding approach because that's kind of what I did. Right. So, um, but obviously you've probably seen this. It's like, you know, big bodybuilder goes and it's like, can't scratch your back. I was like that at some point, right. Before I kind of went down this route for joint training, all the clinical stuff. So. The reason why I incorporate kettlebell is because it's it's dynamic and it's emphasis on mobility and strength and endurance and power, right? So you can do barbell work all day long. I think it's fine. You want a big a deadlift, a big pull, three, four, that's great. But remember that pull is keeps you in this one plane, which is right here. Like you're just gonna go up and down your hinge, it's very easy. But for kettlebell work, and I'm talking about like true like kettlebell sport work, which is different than the average, like I'm gonna do a bunch of goblet squats, like what you see on like Instagram. Like, yeah. no, I'm talking about straight up snatches for ten minutes, like straight yeah. snatches, right? What happens? Your elbow, your arm, your shoulder capsule goes all the way back here. Remember we talked about that t- toddler that goes in all bendy places? Where we're like, oh my god, they're gonna kill themselves, and they're mm-hmm. like, they get up and they go back and play because their joints can go in that range and take the load. So I build a hybrid program that's based on barbell work, some machines, and also kettlebells. It's because you need that mobility work. You need that endurance and strength and you need that joint to go all the way back here. Cause if we just do a shoulder press, I can just go straight up and down. But if that kettlebell, because the way you hold basically basic extension of your arm, it moves with it rather than dumbbell, you can go like this, but a kettlebell can actually move the body. It's an extension of your elbow of your shoulder. So now we can snatch it up here, catch it back here, catch it here, catch it the side. Now, what are we doing? Getting this joint all moving and it's all, you know, entire 360 degrees. So. I said this is why I'm I'm really big on kettlebells. It's because of the, the basically the inherent mobility that it gives you and maintains that openness in the joint, the strength, low investment. Um, it is hard. It is hard to master kettlebells. I'm not going to lie. Like we have a Yeah, there's a good technique it.
0: around it. Yeah.
1: Exactly. It, 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 yeah. it Takes years for a lot of yeah. people. But I always say, and this is why people don't like kettlebells a lot, especially the actual kettlebell sport work that we do which is, like I said, the cleaning and the jerks, all these dynamic movements, not just like the, you know, like the bicep curls, you know, like right. a Julian Michaels thing or whoever. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, first one to come to mind. So, yeah, so that's basically why I incorporate kettlebells into the program because we get strong through straight barbell work. Overload the barbell. It's cool. It's fine. Do some machine work if you want nice little quads. Do a leg extension machine to really carve them out. That's just aesthetic. It has nothing to do with anything else, right? Mm-hmm. And then we get the kettlebells in for mobility, the different angles. And so this is why, like I said, the I run a hybrid program because it works well for a lot of, for a lot of women. They get the shape because of like the bodybuilding type of machines. They get the power and the strength from the barbells. And they get the mobility work from the kettlebells. So this is why we one whole uh, day is dedicated to kettlebell training, typically on Fridays on site and then Saturdays for virtual ladies. And then we also incorporate kettlebell work throughout the week too, just mm-hmm. random stuff. So yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, they're great. I mean, if you really truly get to do kettlebell work, like all of it, not just like I said, the goblet squat stuff or whatever it is, uh, you'll start to see like mass improvements in actually all of your lifts, your deadlift, your squat, because now you've got you have better range and now you strengthen that range, and now you can use more of that tissue and range whenever you're doing your squat, your deep, deep squat. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, so, no, I yeah. love
0: it. I love it. What does your fitness routine look like? What do you what do you do on, you know, daily, <sighs> weekly basis? How do you work out?
1: So so I typically I what's funny is I guess it's a lot to like a lot of people think mm-hmm. I work out different than the ladies at the lab. I do the mm-hmm. programming, we all do the same lifts. Like yeah. I get that a lot. Like on Fridays and right. my Q&A days are like, well, what's a good workout for a 43 year old woman that had five kids? No, it's all the same. We have the same bones. We have the same tissues. We have all that's the same. Yes. Sexual organs is completely different. Yeah. But you know, you have a femur, right? <laughs> you know, you have yeah. all the same <laughs> same things, right? You still have hip sockets, whatever. So I do the exact same workouts that I program for the women, you know, each and every week. So typically a Monday is a knee hinge day. Tuesday is an upper. Um, uh, Wednesday is usually off, or sometimes we repeat a a certain workout. Thursday is a hip hinge day, and then Friday is a kettlebell day. So Mm -hmm. our on-site ladies only train four days a week. Our virtual ladies train six days a week, but that's uh, a whole other thing as to why they do that. Um, But that's basically it. So I do heavy squat stuff like today. So you probably oh, I see you with that squat
0: on your back, the bar on your (laughs) back with like warming up with a couple hundred 300 Yeah, so like the workout
1: the workout that I post on on there like for today is actually what I just did this morning. So you'll see mm-hmm. it's going to be knee dominant day, so knee hinge day. Um and then like I said, hip hinge day and upper. So we kind of uh like rotate through the days, but I do take I do we do body part splits but not the muscle group. Like like mm-hmm. yes, the quad gets worked out, but it's the knee, the hip the standard patterns that you're supposed to, you're supposed to move the elbow like this, or you're supposed to move the shoulder like this for kettlebells, whatever. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of like what that routine looks like is that we segment based on the joint. um, And then, like I said, we do progressive overload typically for strength. And then like I said, if we do aesthetics, we go higher volume on things. So if I want aesthetics for a nice quad, whatever it is, I'll do 15 to 20 to 30 reps on a leg extension machine, strictly Mm. just for the look um, yeah. But then I go for strength and do like four reps for squats. So so that's kind of yeah. like how, um, at least my training is kind of split up during the week, four or five days at most. And honestly, people think you know if you if you own a gym, you're there. Every day. No, I actually don't want to be there every day. To be honest, because I'm there every day anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, honestly, forty minutes, thirty minutes, I train. Four or five days a week. It's really not that yeah. long. Yeah. But also, because I've, I've spent years building that muscle mass. So I don't have to, I have that buffer, which if right. you don't have that muscle mass, you're going to train six, seven days a week for years right. until you build up and then you can scale it back. And that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Part for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah.
0: So besides like physical fitness, what are some other ways that you take care of yourself that, so that to ensure that you're showing up as a great coach? So, you know, for, for me,
1: um, well, like I said, it just kind of goes back to, looking at the whole stress stuff, looking at nutrition stuff. So um, nutrition-wise, like I said, I, I, I do subscribe to more of like a lower-carb approach just in general because of the fact that not because it's just like low-carb, it's hot, but because I've seen the results before, right? I've done the six meals a day. I've done the oatmeal for breakfast. I've done what I was taught in school, like that's how you live, and the body doesn't really do anything. But it says you eat your five fruits and vegetables or whatever it may be, and it's not until i kind of tested that theory out a couple of years ago when i decided to go to low carb is that can the body live on low carb can it actually perform well which is actually around the same time i started instagram because if you go way back i did my blood glucose and at least remember all my educational posts it was actually trial and error that time because what i was taught was that low carb is like completely bad for you and it's really not it's just people do it wrong sometimes yeah so yeah. kind of but i you know go so i do subscribe for like nutrition wise more of like a lower to moderate carb approach um, just really just making sure to stick to whole foods, cut out all the, the junk. Occasionally, like I said, I always joke around, I have pizza and I do have pizza, like the real yeah. stuff on Fridays, not the whole like, <laughs> like a cauliflower stuff, crust. That, yeah. chicken, <laughs> that chicken crust to me is kind of disgusting. People love it, but I'm like, no, I don't Horrible. really like eating chicken to be honest with you. Um, so I make sure that it's just, I like eat for my needs, right? So if I'm lifting heavy, heavy days, I consume more protein, right? I don't count macros. If I don't train as hard or don't have as good workout, I don't eat as much. But I think for a lot of people, it's always hard because they're like, i oh, got to eat, got to meet these macros, got to eat. now. I mean, yes, I do help people with their macros. I do. But that's just to set them up and educate them to get off of the macros later on, which hopefully that's what they do and just eat regular food. Um, so, like, nutrition part, like I said, drink water, and drink sodas and all that stuff. Um, and that's, like said, from the stress standpoint, I tip in and sleep, of course. I, I don't get a lot of sleep ever since because, I, you know, doing the lab, I wake up early, work with folks at 7.30 in the morning. Um, so I could do a little bit better on that, but I try to prioritize mm-hmm. that when I can. Um, and stress, um, obviously very easy going. Nothing really bothers me. Um, I see you much. taking so,
0: care of your chickens.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Those things, well, they provide eggs. So, you know, that's protein, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, um, but really it's, it's, I always tell people, just just keep things simple. That's what it comes down to. Lift the weight recover well, eat for for whatever your demands, and that's it. Like, you don't have to make it so, i got to hit my 2,500 calories a day. i got to, like, do this, lift something heavy, go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that, like, it's, you know, I mean, it's really not that difficult, but that's kind of like what I do on a regular basis just to make sure that um, I'm showing up. And kind of a little bit more background on that, too, people ask you, like, Well, why do you work out so much? Why do you have you been doing it for a couple years? When you work with people that are not well, you you don't want to be that, yeah, right? You don't want to be that, right? So say your husband falls off a roof, whatever, right?
0: Oh, just say, just imagine imagine, if you will,
1: right? Get some injuries aside from the (laughs) bills that it'll it'll actually cost you, right? Kids' college fund, whatever it is. Um, you want to make sure that guy's alive and all that stuff. But the whole thing is like, okay, so if maybe. I had better joint training or my tendon could have take that strain and that load. It could have just bent like this and not snapped or, or whatever it may be. So I, my whole thing is, aside from yeah. doing things that are well for me, when you work with people that are not well, you put yourself in a position that I don't want to be like that. right? You don't want to be like that. So now you take precautions to make sure that even starting early rather than the way I mean, you know 20 30 years from now start now and do what you can and not to be like obsessive about working out. because as i told you i don't even work out that much but i spent the last four or five years working out hard 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 so i don't have to now it's just kind of maintenance do a couple of squats or some days i literally do like five sets of squats and i'm done yeah but i do go heavy yeah. i stimulate muscle growth stimulate insulin receptors, stimulate you know my bone that's all that stuff it builds up and so that's what i mean is that do stuff that's simple, just go left, and also also recognize the fact that you're not as healthy as as, pers- as you think you are. Just because you're thin, you're not healthy. So take start to do an assessment of yourself and say, okay, well, maybe, you know, like, my, why does not my arm go past here? Maybe I should, like, look into that. Even though I'm strong, I don't have a lot of weight on me, could I use this one day if I went back here? And, of course, it's not until the day you fall off something that you actually need to use it, right? So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I I think one of the most the biggest takeaways that I'm really hearing about this, especially for women, is like the hormone regulation yeah. because so much of so many of our health issues down the road or leading up or things that just cause us the most just grief and trauma in our yeah. lives are related to hormones. And so to know that by building muscle and by having muscle, we can help that. I mean, that oh, to absolutely. me would be like I'm done. That's it. That's all I need to hear.
1: And, and that's the thing,
0: it's, it's, it is hard work, but I, I'll give you an example,
1: you know, you go into the gym after some heavy lifts, and then over time, you sh- it's not that you see it right away, it's that you don't experience all the downs that you used to have, you're like, what changed? Well, my, my diet's kind of stayed the same, I ate this or that, I just started lifting heavy the past like four months, but everything is good, so it's not that like you can tell and then your hormones are yeah. out of whack, unless you go for, you know, get a hormone panel, but outside that, you'll just feel better. Increase yeah. keto, or just even kill across the board, like you're you're fine. So I always tell women that aside from the scale, so just go with how you feel, because that's how they used to do it back in the day before all these expensive tests came. How do you feel? No one ever asked you that anymore, right? Well, right. I, I would say, how do you feel? And then if you don't feel well, you compare that with a blood panel. Yep. And if you feel yep. great, you compare that with a blood panel. But you always just go with how you're feeling first before you run all the labs, right? Right. And so that's right. what I mean is that for that, It's just that you just feel better and you're right. Like just start assessing yourself. And if you don't feel good based on your training or whatever nutrition, then go reassess your training nutrition and see maybe something's missing. Maybe I'm not supposed to be running every single day or maybe I'm not supposed to have salads every single day or whatever it is because it says I feel good, right? You're supposed to feel good. The science says it, but why don't I feel good? I'm eating salads. I'm running every single day well, maybe it, the science wasn't completely 100% yeah. right, right? So that's to right. question things and all that stuff. So, yeah.
0: Right, right, right. So, Mike, what does being fit mean to you? So being
1: fit, right? So a lot of people probably think like being fit is having the thickest thighs ever, but no. Yeah,
0: so really not say that you
1: were say. um So being fit to me is exactly what I was talking about. You know, I've worked with people who have, in the 40s, their legs were chopped off due to complications from type 2 diabetes, stuff like that. So being fit to me is making sure that you have a high quality of life, that you can still move, you can still do things as the best of your ability. And I'm not talking about just moving, because there's people that are sick that can still move. But I'm talking about uncapping and opening up your full potential, which is mm. what I think a lot of people miss, is that like, just like I talk about joints, your joint can go all the way back here, but most people just stop here, right? And so it's like, Unless you're actually threatened or or, or risk factor or whatever it may be Mm -hmm. to where you have to use that joint or use this body or whatever it is, no one does anything. But so to be fit is actually going ahead of the curve and making sure that something like that may happen to me. And not a weird obsession to where you have to go and like live tomorrow, but just know that you want to future proof your body. And that's what to me, that's what that means is being fit is that you're basically protecting yourself and future proofing your body from injury, from risks, or from other health conditions. So
0: yeah, I love that. Future proofing the body.
1: Yeah. That's good. Like I said, you, good You stuff. never know when you're gonna fall off a roof. So
0: <laughs> And it could happen at any point in time.
1: Yeah. I love You gotta, gotta, get gotta get take on a lot of more ads
0: for your Instagram account. You gotta
1: yeah, exactly.
0: post in the calves more. There's calves all over the place. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate hey, you thank Thanks for joining on, Mike. Where can people follow you and learn all the things that you're posting? Get in touch with the Women's Lift Lab if they're interested. Where's the best way?
1: Yeah, so I mean, Instagram is probably the best. If, I mean, if everyone's kind of on there, so it's um, I think it's Women's underscore Lift or Lift Lab, or in the, you know, at you know, whatever. I'll tag them all. Yeah, yeah. Just tag them all because I'm lying. Um, and uh, for my own doctor, a uh, health ed doctor underscore health underscore ed, um, and uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's the best way, you know, honestly, to find like yeah.
0: Perfect. So. I can't wait to continue to follow along. I'll keep you posted on my 300 journey. Yeah. You know, yes, when I hit me. it.
1: Tag me in that, through that 300. Yes. For right? sure, for sure. for you, so for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, listeners. Thank you. Follow me at Chrissy Grody's where all the good stuff is. Check out my workouts, my self-care, my walks. Follow at the at what the fit podcast uh, rate, review, share. Thanks so much.